Welcome to Real Film Review, the show that delivers short spoiler-free reviews of films, TV shows, and limited series, followed by a deep dive discussion. Brought to you by your host, Chris Cheney. Here is Real Film Reviewed. Welcome back, everyone. This episode, Real Film Reviewed, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I know I'm a little bit late on reviewing this one. It was a big hit when it first came out back in September, and I was excited to review it. Let's get into the spoiler-free review. Shang-Chi, a master of kung fu, is forced to confront his past trauma to save a sacred village from the Ten Rings organization. Looking at the stories, the story begins with a look into the history of the Ten Rings and the man who wears and controls them. The Ten Rings organization is preparing for a great battle, but first must obtain two jade stones that were made into pendants and carried by a brother and sister living in different parts of the world. It was a great story of personal discovery through a perilous journey. There were a few moments of heart-wrenching pain and a lot of examples for different characters to overcome an individual personal hurdle. The personal discovery and journey didn't lie with just one main character, which assisted in setting this film apart from the others in the MCU. Marvel continues to highlight diversity and bring great awareness to women heroes along with heroes of different nationalities and even species on screen, just as they do and as they have done in their printed comics. I loved this cast. There were some actors I've seen for the first time, some that I've seen in numerous films and I love, and also some great kung fu hitters such as Michelle Yeoh. There were a few that I want to call out. Aquafina has been in a few films that I've seen, and she's always played hilarious, outspoken, strong characters, no matter what her role is. She brings such a lovable nature and versatility to her character. In this, she certainly makes an impact, and I loved her journey in this film. Menger Zheng, this is the first that I've seen her in anything, but I loved her character and the lethal strength that she brought to her. She plays this awesome badass kung fu leader and I enjoy her journey and outcome in this film. I'll dive a little bit more in detail with each of these characters after the spoiler alert. Michelle Yeoh plays a smaller part of the main cast, but she is basically kung fu royalty. My dad and I are big kung fu fans, and I first saw her when I was a young kid, and I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and that was my very first film watching subtitled, and the first film that I'd seen that was like that. It was a totally different story, a totally different culture, a totally different vibe for me on camera and it completely changed my my world. I remember the first time I saw Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon in theaters and one of my favorite parts was Michelle Yeoh. So I really enjoyed that and I really liked that she was in this. And last but not least, Simu Lu, who played Shang-Chi. I think it's, uh, hang on, Shang-Chi, I'm saying. I know I'm going to mess these names up, everybody, so don't be, uh, don't beat me up too much. I'm trying to be <laughs> respectful, but yeah, I am saying that wrong. So Shang-Chi, I liked him as a hero, and I enjoyed the camaraderie between him and Aquafina's character. He was a good example of a strong male lead that didn't need to be a dick, sarcastic, or wimpy. He was a fairly normal guy, and he had a great hero presence on screen, and you pulled for him. You wanted him to win. The Real View rating, 8 out of 10 stars. 
This film was just as visually pleasing as it was fun to watch with well-placed comedy along with enough emotion to add a wholesome vibe to it. The characters were lovable and enjoyable, the villains were hard to beat, and there was more than just one enemy presented, and there's also a little bit of a different take on the enemy, and I'm, I'm a big fan of villains, and I always enjoy the misunderstood aspect of the villains, and this movie did a very good job at displaying everything that you want in a film. Overall, Shang-Chi was a near-perfect film with just the right amount of everything needed to set a film into the zeitgeist. Make sure to stay put after the credits begin to catch the post-credit scenes. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss those. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, starring Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Chiu Wang Lo, Ben Kingsley, Menger Zhang, and Michelle Yeoh. It is rated PG-13 and has a runtime of 2 hours and 12 minutes. It can be viewed in theaters and on Disney+. Alright, here is the spoiler alert warning. Those new to real film reviewed after this point, I will discuss this review further, potentially and likely revealing spoilers. Thank you for listening to the spoiler-free review. I'll be back after a word about my sponsors. Welcome back, everyone. Let's dive into the real view Hollywood comparison for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. The real view was 8 out of 10 stars. Hollywood said 71. Popular opinion was 7.7 out of 10 stars. I know I said that I wasn't going to give halves, but I really felt like I wanted to do 7.5, but I landed on 8 because I felt like it deserved it. Recapping the plotline, the film begins with a look into Wenwu and the history of the Ten Rings and then cuts to present day San Francisco where we meet Sean and follow him as he lives his mediocre life with his best friend Katie. A simple bus ride to work the next day changes their lives forever when Sean is attacked on the bus for the pendant that he wears around his neck. He pretends he doesn't understand what's going on until they threaten Katie. He basically beats everyone on the bus up before losing the pendant anyway. Katie is shocked to see that her best friend of 10 years knows Kung Fu and appears to be much more than he has been living the last 10 years. Sean says he must find his sister because they will go after her and get her pendant next. Katie accompanies Sean to find his sister and when he gets thrown into the ring at a major fighting arena, I guess. <laughs> he's surprised to see that it is his sister that he's fighting and after she beats him, the arena is attacked by members of the Ten Rings organization that had attacked Sean and Katie in San Francisco. Sean's sister escapes and appears to leave them for dead before reappearing and catching Katie mid-air from falling to her death. Sean is about to kill one of the intruders when his father shows up and stops him, and they all return to the Ten Rings organization training compound where Sean, who we learn now is Shang-Chi, and his sister grew up. Their father admits to them that he's been hearing their mother's voice and is planning on attacking their, well, her sacred village, Taolo and he thinks that she's being kept behind this gate. And after he finishes telling the story, everyone collectively feels that Wenwu has lost his mind and attacking the village will only destroy the people's lives. And then Wenwu has them locked up. They break out and follow a creature from the sacred village of Taolo that was kind of 
imprisoned with the, <laughs> I guess, the court jester. And they follow him to the village entrance. And here they meet their aunt and prepare for the arrival of Wen Wu and the Ten Rings organization. They learn what is actually kept behind the gate, which is a monster of darkness, essentially. When Wenwu arrives, they begin an all-out battle, suffering loss on both sides to include Wenwu. Shang-Chi and Xiaoling, that's his sister, team up to fight the monster of darkness, but it's Katie's master arrow shot to the neck of the monster that started the momentum on their side. Shang-Chi destroys the monster in spectacular form, and finally at the end, we see the much-anticipated appearance of Wong to take them back to the house with, you know, him and Doctor Strange. Wong had made an appearance for a moment in the beginning of the film at Zhang Ling's arena, so I was kind of waiting for him to come back this whole time, so when he came back, I was like, yes, finally! Breaking down the real view, I can't say that there was anything that I didn't like at all about this film. I only caught two goofs, which weren't a big deal at all. They were, one was on the bus and the cutting of the brakes. I only knew that because I grew up in the Bay Area and going to San Francisco a lot, but buses use air brakes, which will automatically break the bus if the airlines are cut, not the opposite, which happens with traditional car brakes. And during the forest scene when Katie is driving through, we see the mirror get broken off, but then it reappears in another scene. And the only reason why I even noticed that is because it's a point in that scene that we see the window break off or the mirror break off. Nitpicky stuff, nothing that took me out of the film itself. I came into this film with no expectations, but I had already heard about how much everyone loved it, so I was very pleased to agree with the hype and say that this film was one of the best that I've seen this year. What I really enjoyed about it was I mentioned that it was a story about character building and personal growth and discovery and journey, and what I meant by that was not just Shang-Chi in his journey from going from a life with his mother to a life with just his father. His sister kind of had the shit end of the stick the whole time as well too and that wasn't really made apparent as he was growing up on his side but when you see it from her side you see all of the neglect and the abuse and you see how she watches and she trains herself so she has a goal and an ambition to create her own thing and lead her own organization versus Shang-Chi who has this enormous will and desire to be a good person and to save and to help he has this quality about him and that's apparent from the very first scene with the bus scene and Aquafina. He's fine and he gives in. When they're pushing him around, he doesn't do anything. But the second that they lay hands on her, he turns into this whole kung fu master and blows his whole cover. So that character building... It shows the development of the characters very well and what path they're going to take. And then Aquafina also has a path that she's going to take as well. She kind of feels like a screw up. That was made clear in the bus scene as well when she's talking about the woman that's writing a research paper and talks about that's what her mom would like. And it was also a, mo a moment where they talked about that earlier in the film when they went out before they went out and sang karaoke. They kind of talked about expecting to be more and things like that. So she kind of proves to herself and really shocks herself when she takes that shot at the dragon I guess is the evil dragon or the monster of darkness whatever you want to call it but when she took that shot and I knew it was going to be her because of everybody else was obviously losing since she was the last hope so when she took that shot and it went through it kind of proved to herself that she really could do what she wanted to do as long as she put her mind to it she wanted to participate she wanted to save her friends and she did it she shifted the momentum back on their side allowing Shang-Chi 
Rashid to really believe in himself. And I love the fact that he saved his sister and that he didn't just give up on her because clearly after what had happened, she didn't have to die. He just stalled long enough for Katie to take that shot. The flashing back and forth between the present and the past was, I think, very well done as well. Remember, I mentioned that we didn't learn right away about how his parents met. Maybe I didn't mention that, but we see how his parents met, but we don't see the whole backstory. His mother is telling them that story in the beginning, and then it's told later on. And the way that it goes back and fills in all of those holes, we see it from both perspectives. And so we see how Wen Wu is created and how she decided to leave Tao Lo because they wouldn't accept him into the village to live there because of his past sins, living as the owner and operator of these 10 rings and causing mass destruction. In compromise with her, he removes the 10 rings and doesn't wear them until after she dies. And when she dies, he puts them on and never takes them off. And it was the rings that ended up luring him back to the village under false pretense that his wife was being kept behind that gate. And the funny thing to me was that he's beating this door down and these creatures are coming out, but he's not seeing... I guess he's not seeing or not aware or not caring about what's coming out of it. And it's really just breaks your heart almost as you don't want him to tear the gate down. But at the same time, you feel so bad because you understand the reason why he's doing it. And then you've got Shang-Chi who loves his father despite everything that's going on. And you know, he doesn't want to kill his own father. And I was really glad that it didn't end up going that way. I knew there was no way that a Marvel movie was going to end up going that way with its backing from Disney. So (laughs) I I knew that wasn't going to happen. I enjoyed the way that they played that out. It was really sad to watch his father get his soul sucked out. And I was equally terrified when the dragon was getting his soul sucked out. And they're like, if it takes the soul of our dragon, I was like, no, don't take the soul of the dragon. And so that was, uh, that was a big intense moment for me. I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to save him? Was a an intense movie. At the end, the action was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed overall every aspect of this film. As I mentioned, little to no mistakes. And overall, just a wonderful, enjoyable cinematic experience. All right, let's get into some did you know facts. Aside from the fact that Aquafina played Raya, well, she didn't play Raya, my bad. She played uh, Susu, or I can't remember the name of the dragon, but she played the water dragon. And so all I could think of when I saw that dragon was that Aquafina was the, was the water dragon. So aside from that little fact, <laughs> in the late 80s, Stan Lee wanted to create a Shang-Chi TV series with Brandon Lee as the star. Shang-Chi was visually based on Bruce Lee, so Brandon seemed fitting, but it never got made. Simu Lu tweeted in 2018 asking Marvel to cast him in a role, and in 2019, he reposted that tweet with a thank you attached to it. And the funny scene in the film when Shang-Chi comes out without a shirt uh, was a nod to how the character appeared in the first run of the comic, which also was an homage to Bruce Lee films where Lee often fought shirtless. Simu Lee had experience with Taekwondo, gymnastics, and Wing Chun before the film, but in preparation for the role, he trained in Tai Chi, Wushu Mai Tai, Pankok Silat, Krav Manga, Jiu Jitsu, boxing, and street fighting. Menger Zhang met and married action designer Young Lee while making the movie. Met and married by the end of the film by the time it had wrapped. 
to celebrate, Simu Lu took everyone to Disneyland while Aquafina took everyone to karaoke, <laughs> which was kind of an homage to what they did in the film. That is all I have for you on this one. Remember to let me know what you think on the episode polls or find me on Twitter at RealFilmPKC to let me know your thoughts. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Real Film Reviewed. Before I go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Check out the Real Film Reviewed website, real-film-reviewed.productions to stay up to date on episode releases, podcast updates, episode transcriptions, and more. Follow Real Film Reviewed on Twitter at RealFilmPKC. Check out the online store, Real Merch, to pick up some gear to represent transcription service by podcasting network happy watching everyone